This is Amber Ray and Rusty Tanton, and you're listening to Mostly ITP on the Georgia Podcast Network, the show focused on all things Atlanta and sometimes elsewhere. It's August 6th. This is Rusty and Amber, and this is going to be our final episode of Mostly ITP. August 6, 2009, which means yes. we've been doing this for a little over three years now. Yeah, just a little bit over. Um, this one will probably run a little long. We're not going to try to stick to any strict length of time. Like maybe usually we might try to do anywhere from 15 to 25 minutes would be our usual range. And we don't really care. We're just going to talk for as long as we want to talk. Um, we're going to start out playing a couple, actually three voicemails that we got from listeners who were very nice to leave us some voicemails, and then we're just going to get right into our thoughts on running the Georgia Podcast Network and on running this show, mostly ITP. There's a lot to cover of almost three and a half years, yeah. and if you hear anything in the background that you think is an unidentifiable sound, uh, those are our birds puffing stuff. We told them they're welcome to be a part of the podcast. They're absolutely, they're always welcome to be a part of the podcast. So um, I guess we're going to go ahead with the voicemails. We've always liked getting voicemails, you know. It's social media, so right? we're supposed to get participation and all that. We can probably, like when we get to the later part about talking about social media, we can critique podcasting <sighs> as a social medium. But for now. But for now, we'll just play voicemails. some voicemails and... Uh, respond to them hey rusty and amber what's going to happen to this number after you guys shut down the uh the show anyway this is joseph uh i'm not big on leaving voicemails but just wanted to let you guys know how much i appreciated both itp and uh the georgia pod podcast network um i I feel like you guys met and i need helped fill an unmet need in atlanta for uh with both things and um you also helped me launch the Georgia Politics Podcast, which has given me a lot of enjoyment over the years, and uh, I'm grateful to you for that. So anyway, uh, I can't wait to see what each one of you does next. I'm sure uh, all your future endeavor- endeavors will be great. Uh, thank you so much for the memories. I'll see you soon. Bye. That was really nice. That thank was very you, nice. Joseph. Thank you, Joseph. We were going to give a shout-out to Joseph's podcast later, but it's relevant right now. Yes. So we just wanted to give a shout out to the Georgia Politics Podcast because that one, along with the North Fulton Drama Club Podcast, are the two network programs that have been with us since the beginning. So um, yeah. thanks to everyone involved with those for, you know. Yeah, serious. I mean, y'all have been with us three sticking with, not plus just sticking years. with yeah, us, but, but starting out with us when none of us really knew if this was going to even work, be anything. Yeah. yeah. So, thanks. Mm-hmm. I just want to say that I'm really sad that most of ITP um, will be going off the air. Um, but hopefully they'll come back on the air and do sort of a commemorative episode when City Hall East finally decides they're going to do something with that building. <laughs> That'll be a few years from now. Although, you know what? I need to uh, go back in my blog archives because I remember writing a blog post 
And I think it was in January of 2005. I remember writing a blog post about how I just read that in five years, City Hall East is going to open as condos. And that's great because in five years, I'll probably be ready to buy a condo because at the time I still thought I was going to buy a condo. Right, right. Well, now it's almost been five years. So I guess that didn't come true. And a whole lot of nothing has happened there. I mean, yeah, when we started this podcast, another example of things that were different when we started, everybody thought condos were going to be like totally awesome downtown and, and they were building them up and they were sprouting up like weeds. And well, they still are, but we can get to that later. They still are. We can get to that later. But, but... also, um, we might do not necessarily like a commemorative episode, but maybe we could do like um, highlights or something. I don't know. Maybe we yeah. will. Maybe we I won't. mean, you know, the thing is like it's not going to be on the Georgia Podcast Network if we do anything else no, like that. but it can but... be somewhere. Yeah, I mean. Oh, and to answer Joseph's earlier question of what will happen to this number, obviously it will become a phone sex line. Exactly. What did you think? That's serious. I mean, what else would it be? Yeah. Hi. Is you know, since ITP is going away and uh, mostly ITP, I thought I should probably take this moment and this voicemail time to to clear up what's probably been on a lot of people's minds in this town for a long, long time. And I just really want to kind of clear the air and say go on the record and just sort of be upfront and transparent and, you know, all that kind of open stuff about the issue and then the the whole, when it really comes down to it, no, I really never wanted to sleep with Shelby Highsmith. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Grayson. <laughs> that was awesome. Thanks for going on the record about that. We have been wondering about that for. I've been wondering for years. Yeah, There's I mean, because there was so much tension in the air. Every, every time it was, yeah. Yeah. So thanks for that. Lots of tension. Thank it's you. It's really good to go on the record with stuff. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Full you have to. You have to. You have to have full yeah, disclosure. Transparency, all that, just like you mentioned. Um, you know, that's what you got to have. So, those are the voicemails that folks left for us. That was Grayson, by the way. I don't know if I mentioned that. And or not. the second one was Jen. Second one was Jen, and she was bringing up her recurring. She must have less left us at least what four voicemails asking about City Hall East. Yeah. I thought we answered that at some well, point. There, but what is there to answer, really? I mean, I try. I actually, Jen, I I tried to get an interview with Emery Morseberger, but they never responded to my emails. Oh, I remember that. You remember I tried to. But I didn't want to go in City. I mean, I kind of do want to go in City Hall East because I've seen some pictures from inside. It's fascinating. They have old equipment. And it looks really cool. I would cool. love to go in there. But they have dead rats in the walls, yeah, and therefore rough. they have a fly problem, and that is so gross it is pretty gross if they could take care of that um then i might go in i mean i think you just have to be packing if you went in there mm. all right so that's all the voicemails so now we're going to move on to the lengthy rambling portion of our podcast which i don't know if that's much different than the rest of them but it's there's a lot to cover this is the yeah. final episode i mean what do you three years you of running a whole site we can't just say okay and, thanks yeah see okay thanks bye <laughs> Okay, so um, tr- kind of starting at the 
at the beginning of where the idea came from. Because some people know, but some people don't at this point. Um, it all started in December of 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, we were emailed by this guy, Joe, who did this uh, radio show. He called it a radio show. I mean, it's a podcast, but he called it Cup of Joe Radio Show. Funny thing is it wasn't a radio show at first, and then it became one, right. sort of, you know, internet radio. Um, and as far as I know, he was the first to be doing podcasting. In it. He was definitely. He and Shelby were like neck and he neck. He and Shelby and like maybe. Because I don't want Shelby to get pissed off at me. Well, if I and, say and you know there there was also like uh, I guess Derek and Swoopy doing like skepticality or whatever. I really think and, they started later. And they may have. I don't know. I'd I have to look at wrong, this. But so anyway, there. He was one yeah. of the first, and so anyway, he contacted us because he wanted to do some interviews with local bloggers. I don't know if he ever interviewed any other local bloggers. Um, I think he did, but not that many. Okay. Well, Um, we were the first bloggers that he interviewed, and we'll link to the interview um, because it's actually still in his archives. He's still going. I've um, got it, but he's got it too. We were surprised to see. He's been gone for quite some time. Not quite as long as Amber, but, but a while. I... I don't remember everything we talked about. We weren't on for the entire length of his show. It was just part of it. I I remember one thing that has maybe gotten a little better, but hasn't changed altogether about me, was that when I know I'm being recorded or listened to, like, on a panel or something, sometimes I forget the words that I want to use. I usually have a great vocabulary. My inner thesaurus is always ready, but... Like at Blogger, where I spoke recently, I used the word empowered at least five times in that panel, and I hated myself every time it came out of my mouth, but I just, I like get flustered and can't remember the words I want to use, and then I just revert to these words that I hate, and I remember that happening a lot on his show. Yeah. But But after the show, um, several of our friends listened to it and said, hey, you guys have good voices and you know you sounded good and you should start your own podcast and we thought well maybe we will and then we thought anybody can start a podcast maybe we should start a podcast network yeah why not and that's how it all kind of germinated yeah and uh you know podcast networks like i went into this a little bit in my blog post and i'm not going to go into it at length here but you know it was a very 2006 kind of idea um, I, you know, if I were doing it now, I probably just would have started an individual podcast, but, um, I'm really glad that we went the way we did because so all of this awesome stuff that we're going to talk about later wouldn't have probably a lot of it at least wouldn't have happened if we hadn't done it the way we did. So, um, if I sounded like I was like lamenting or regretting anything, I wasn't, I was just saying if I were doing it now, I might do it a little differently, but Anyway, so moving on, our next bullet point here is how things are different now than they were when we started. Which is kind of what we you were, were kind just of already, talking about. Yeah, we were kind of in it. Um, because, you know, things are very different now, so it's easy to kind of look at the past and be like, yeah. oh, a podcast network, that's so 2006. True, well, true. it was 2006. Yeah, exactly. So, and I really agree with what Joseph said in his voicemail that we really did fill a need because yeah. there was nothing. There were 
not very many podcasts in Georgia, but there were more than you thought there were. Yeah. And there was no way to find them. Yeah. And now, in mid-2009, we have an abundance of hosting services and social media platforms are just getting more and more user-friendly, so the barrier to access is getting lower, although with podcasting, I think it's still relatively high. But things are getting lower. There's there's services available, and there wasn't Well, you know, and even, like, like, the video boom hadn't really taken off then. Like, YouTube was just like a glimmer in someone's eye. It, it barely... I don't remember if it even existed when we started. We need to if find it, out when it launched. Yeah, we'll have to put that on our post. But it, it just... if Even if it did, it was not big. I mean, there, yeah. the, the video had not taken off yet, so... Um, it, it was it was kind of what you did if you were going to go beyond writing was to do some sort of audio program. And that was new too. The whole podcast yeah. concept was new. And um, I actually I remember when I first heard about podcasting, Pat told me about it at work, and my first thought was that sounds really stupid. But <laughs> now I've learned that a lot of things that I initially think that sounds really stupid. Six months to a year later, I'm going to be totally into it. Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. Yeah. Even blogging. When yeah. I first heard yeah. of blogging, I was like, what? Come on. But then I started a blog. But, um... Well, I really feel like podcasting is probably the best medium for interviewing people. Mm-hmm. Because I think if you have a video... I don't want to... I really don't want to watch a video, especially online, that's more than, like, five minutes. Whereas with a podcast, I can listen to it and I can do other things and... And I've said it's this well a million times that. before, but too many people do video when they don't need to. I just I don't need to stare yeah. at two people who are just sitting there and talking to each other. That doesn't add anything. No, it doesn't. Um, but so one thing that's different now is more people are doing video. Yeah. There are more, like, the cameras are easier, you know, like the little Kodak camera that I have. So it is easier to do quick video if you want yeah. to. Um, I have dabbled in video. There's more like the WordPress, um, the WordPress hosting for podcasts is all integrated. I mean, there, there's more ways to easily get. Well, the audio software up. has gotten a lot easier just in the last, you know, three four years. I mean, like the very first version of the podcast site we did, we used Drupal, and it honestly was pretty kludgy when we put it up. But that's all I, there was. But there, that's all there was. You know, I mean. We didn't have the kind of time that would have been necessary to just roll our own system. Really, the only hosting that I can think of at the time was Libsyn. I don't yeah. know of any others. I could be forgetting. I, I think there was, but they, they weren't around that long. So as for um, what's different with us... Uh, lots. Lots. <laughs> We We've been through like three different apartments. Bought a house, and then we bought a house. Where we are now. That's where we are now. Uh, we both um, closed our blogs that we had at the time, mm-hmm. and I think our relationship to blogging has changed for each of us. And you know, from what it was in late two thousand five, early two thousand six. Um, would you like to talk about your sure. relationship to blogging? Well, I'm on I'm on my third blog now, and I've I've shut down two of them. I guess if you, this You're will be your like fourth blog, right? No, I'm on my third. Yeah. I had I had a the pirate theme blog for about a year, 
And then I had radical Georgia moderate for, I guess, I don't know, what, three, four years, something like, like three that? Three years, I think. Three-ish years, something like that. Both of my first two blogs were more politically oriented than what I'm doing now. I just, I got kind of fed up with political blogging. It just um, personally was not good for me. Um, by the third year into it, it was, it, it was just, I, I didn't feel it really sort of ate at me to keep my head really involved in local politics to the extent that it needed to be to write political content. And I just, you know, I, I kind of checked out of it at a certain point. Um, but you know, it's another one of those things where you get to the end of it and maybe you get burned out on it or you're tired of it or whatever, but it was still, you know, a great and valuable experience. I mean, there are all these people, all these local bloggers, that I met because of that second blog, which I think is by far like, I, I hate to use the word successful because that's such a stupid word when applying it to a blog, but I mean, that's what you call it. It was, it was, it was the most widely read out of, you know, all the stuff I did. And I, I, I had all these experiences getting into political events and meeting all these other people because of that blog. And so from that standpoint, I have friends that I still am friends with now because of it. And like and and I met Amber, of course. Yes, I was going to get to that. Um, I met Amber because she read my blog. Um, of course, it wasn't political content I was writing at the time. I was writing a series about how much I hated people's driveways. Um, and I was posting cell phone photos of their driveways because I was working as a seasonal temp for UPS at the time. And the bane of my existence, other than the second driver I was with, was people, rich people's steep, steep driveways that I had to bring packages up. And she thought that was quirky and weird, and, and she got into me, and, you know, then, to use a phrase Amber despises, one thing led to another. I hate that phrase. I know, she hates that <laughs> phrase. Um, but no, you know, things kept going. I mean, we could do a whole separate podcast on yeah. our relationships. I don't want to get too hung up on that, but but I'm glad we talked a little about it. Uh, as for me, with my blog, um, I had being Amber Ray for a little over seven years. And when I, obviously I had it, I was right in the middle of it. It's lifespan when we started the podcast network. Um, I shut it down about a month and a half ago and now I have a new blog that I'm not advertising or making Googleable or anything but it's not hard to find and that's to me my only hint. Um, my blog uh, was always a personal blog but I would I mean it was a whatever blog and so is my new one. Sometimes I wrote about politics, sometimes I wrote about any number of different things. When I first started I wrote a lot about geeky stuff especially my affinity for collecting old Macs and like some of my old entries are so geeky and um but it was always just a you know it's my blog it's I go and I write whatever I feel like it and um or whatever I feel like writing and later as you know I developed an audience not well a community because then I was just as more blogs started being formed, I was participating in more blogs, and I got involved in the feminist blogosphere naturally because that's one of, it's a big interest and passion of mine, so it's something I would write about a lot and read about, and anyway, what ended up happening was my relationship to my blog changed because 
I felt the burden of other people's expectations over what my blog actually was. Um, and so I needed to get a fresh start, so that's what I did. One thing that is kind of interesting when I look back on the way things were when we started the site um, with blogging, the way it was perceived, um, is that, you know, now everybody's in, and this goes into the next thing about what's different with social media now than, mm -hmm. than then. Yep. Um, now, people like to tell um, people like me who write quote-unquote life blogs, as they're yeah, now called, right. um, that we're doing it wrong because we're not monetizing and we're not finding a niche and we're not um, building community and we're not, you know, writing what our audience wants and being search engine optimized and, and all that. Whereas you know, three and a half years ago, people were telling us we were doing it wrong because we were doing it at all. Yeah. And so, yeah, to all the people who are going to throw out the, you're not doing it right because you're, you're not monetizing, you know, you take a step back asshole because you don't exist without people who just get online and tell their stories. I mean, that's how this medium took off and you wouldn't be here without that. Like the guy so. who, uh, totally, chastised yeah. me for it at SoCon 07 yeah, yeah. and then at SoCon 08. He's a social media yeah. expert. He's a brand therapist. <laughs> Something uh, like that. That's that's Was that it? Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel obligated. You know, social media, Twitter is around, blah, 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 but I don't really feel like talking about Twitter. Um, how's the Atlanta social media scene different now than it was then? Well, it used to be you could count on one hand the number of people you would run into doing it. I mean, you really could. There was there was at least a brief period of time where I felt like you could meet almost everybody in town who was who was doing it. Sidebar. You know, you could you could put them all in your sidebar. You could go to manuals and see like eighty percent of them in a night. Um, now, Atlanta. I I know you don't want to talk about Twitter, but I mean, like Atlanta is one of the biggest cities as far as Twitter usage. I mean, there's there's lots of people in this city using Twitter. There are more people writing blogs. There are more people using Twitter and Facebook than you could ever meet, even if you were one of these voracious networking types who made it your entire purpose in life to go out and try to meet people. You couldn't do it if you wanted to. Um, so I think that's interesting and it's, you know, it's become simultaneously one of those things where it's lost a little bit of its charm because it's gotten bigger, but also it's, it's a lot richer in a lot of other ways, you know? I mean, I it's guess. It's what happens I, when something gets bigger. I feel like blog and social media meetups now, it's all networking. Yeah. That's the focus. Yeah. And I went to a few tweet ups and I felt awful. Yeah. Um, and I didn't used to feel that way and I I don't know what to do or say about that, but Atlanta seems to be very focused on networking, startups. It's that definitely kind of thing. more focused on the like business, business marketing. marketing type. Which um, is great if you're into that, but like you said a minute ago, it's also important to remember that that's not all of it. Yeah. And, and that those people would not be here without the people who just wanted to tell their stories who started this stuff to begin with. And that I got a lot of blank stares yeah. when I did my presentation yeah. in January at Social Media Club about online identity. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, I just... Um, I, I like Amber. I'm... I... I I can't deal with the marketing monetization people anymore. It just it just bores me to fucking tears. Um, I 
I don't want to do that anymore. I, I don't want to talk to those people, which is why probably a big piece of why I got tired of going to conferences. Yeah, because conferences have just I got totally conferenced out even before Amber did I think I just I couldn't deal with all that marketing bullshit well and and what gets me is the being told you're doing it wrong yeah. and that actually leads into the next thing on our outline yeah um, we've been in an interesting place with mostly ITP um, running a podcast that the primary focus, obviously, of the podcast is Atlanta. That's not always only what we focus on, but that's yeah. the primary and focus. Mostly. Um, but sometimes we talk about sex, issues related to sex and sexuality. Not always. Sometimes. Um, because it's a part of our life, because it's an interest, because there are interesting people doing things around sex. And... That's an interesting place to be in when you do a podcast that sometimes deals with sex. But doesn't exclusively exclusive, deal with yeah. it. Yeah. You get called a sex... I've been called a sex podcaster Which so is many amazing. times and it just makes me laugh. Well, you know what's even funnier is I don't... When it's when they're just talking about me, they don't call me a sex No, you're not podcaster. a sex podcaster. I'm not a sex podcaster, apparently. But I am. I'm also not fit for um, certain aggregators. Yeah, um, but Rusty is so. I'll let you figure <laughs> well, that one like, out. Well, like not only am I fit, but they won't remove me when I ask. Yeah, um, you can figure that one out yourself. But yeah, it's like riddle me this. You know, you got some dickhead morning show guy on ninety six rock or whatever ninety six rock has become since they changed it. Project dipshit, whatever the fuck it is. Um, you know, they'll 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 prattle on with with some juvenile sex gag that's not funny to anybody with an IQ of over 80. But they're not, you know, sex VJs, right? No, because as long as sex is presented in a perpetually adolescent, titillation, joking, ha-ha, very sexist way, then that's okay. But if you want to talk about it intelligently, like adults, maybe you delve into some issues around it, um, deal with issues of... Gender, privilege, um, all kinds of shit like that. Well, you're a sex podcast. That's then. not fit yeah. for, you know, safe for work. Yeah. So yeah, to summarize, you you, you want to have an intelligent discussion and talk about all the things Amber just talked about. You're a sex podcaster. You're not fit for anything. But if you want to jerk off on a cracker and serve it to somebody without them knowing you jerked off on a cracker. That's hilarious. That's hilarious, and totally you're you're, okay. you're cutting edge. You're 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 totally rad. You're safe for everybody. You're safe work. for everybody because everybody loves a good jerking off on a cracker joke. But people also tell us, you know, one of the things that people tell us about how we're doing it wrong is, if you want to be taken seriously, and of course I get this much mm-hmm. more than Rusty does. If you want to be taken mm-hmm. seriously, there are certain things you don't address, certain yeah, topics yeah. you don't cover. Guess what the main one is. But guess what the most highly trafficked podcast episode has been by far. I mean, by leaps and bounds. By like, and it's, it's not Atlanta even, related to yeah. our reviews of Atlanta Swingers Club. We get. I. I. I'm not kidding. I would say the th- a third of the traffic we get is still Google searches for reviews of the two main swingers clubs we reviewed. We reviewed Venus and. Uh, 
the hell's the other one called? Trapeze. And then we reviewed Little Wings, too. Yeah, and yeah. That was a later podcast. But uh, the Venus and Trapeze podcast gets more... It, it probably still accounts for a third of the traffic on our site. Google searches for that one podcast. We get emails from We get emails, voicemails. Thanking us. Yeah. Um, and saying that it inspired them to go to one club over the other. Um Talk about filling a need. I don't know why swingers clubs all just have shitty websites that look like they're stuck in 1996 with practically no information. But when people, people who are looking for actual information Mm -hmm. about the club from people who have been there and aren't going to try to be like, oh, hey, ladies, well, whatever. Ours is the only thing out there. I mean, you know, if Creative Loafing was doing its job, it would be getting into this at least a little bit but you know they're not really like an alternative newspaper that's another i mean we don't have i mean that's that's a yeah that's a lengthy topic in fact but um so you put um under this topic on the outline number two you put condom (laughs) i don't i'm not sure okay yeah my notes are a little short there it was the the testing the female condom episode that was another popular episode and you know what we should have done? They've recently re-released the female yeah. condom, and I talked to Daisha about doing, you know, a reprise of yeah, our test. Up. Yeah, um, and we we never did it because I, we weren't impressed with the female condom. We were we extremely used. unimpressed. We were with extremely it. unimpressed. But maybe we'll still do a follow up and just post it. Yeah. You know, somewhere else. Who knows? I mean, who, it doesn't have to be mostly ITP. We can do something else. All right. So we've kind of. We've got this whole list of things we want to talk about. And, of course, because we kind of have jumped back and forth, we've already hit on a few of these things, like conferences. You want to talk about organizing podcasts? Yeah, things that have happened because of Georgia Podcast Network. A lot of these things just would not have happened if we hadn't started the site. Um, A big one is PodCamp Atlanta, which I organized, um, and it happened in March of 2007. I think it was a smashing success. It was pretty awesome. Um, If you ever needed a marketing one-liner, Julie Squires Mm -hmm. was one of the participants. And after it was over, she started her own social media consulting Mm -hmm. firm. And she said, Pie Camp Atlanta changed my life. Yeah. Hey, I didn't ask her to say that. She said that. Um, And... The only social media conference before that was SoCon, which had been held a month earlier. So the landscape was really different. I mean, now it seems like there's a social media event every other weekend in Atlanta, but then there's one there going on nothing. right now. You know, I oh mean, yeah, there is. I mean, is there's there? I think there were Gator anniversary oh, party or something, but um, but, but, yeah, but yeah, time, there's like more going on at any given time than than you can even hope to attend if you wanted to. Yeah. But yeah, at that time, it was like, Sherry did SoCon, and, and we did PodCamp, and... And then slowly, yeah, more, slowly things more things started, started happening. to pop up. Um, we've attended other conferences, um, spoken, led sessions. Um, I was invited um, to Balticon to be on some panels there. I presented at Converge South. I was just on a panel at Blogger. What else was I on? Social media. I did that social media club meeting. You go to Blog Orlando. Blog Orlando. Yeah. I'm forgetting something. So I did. Did I do a SoCon09? 
I don't think so. I think you No, just... I did. I did, did a... you? Yeah, remember I did that SoCon 09 session? Okay. The only one that we don't have a yeah. recording of because the recorder died. That's right, you did. Yeah, yeah. I remember that, that now. That was yeah. really... And it was really good, too. That was It was probably one of the better... It was one of the best two I attended all day, certainly. So a lot of uh, stuff. And I really don't know if I would have started Sex 2.0 either because... Without the podcast it was a progression, network, you know? I probably yeah. wouldn't have gone to so many conferences, which means I probably wouldn't have gotten fed up with all the conferences. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Started my own out of spite. Yeah. Um, so people we've met, my guy. I mean, it would be impossible to list all the people we've met. That's been, for me, the best thing about having a podcast. And the thing I'm going to miss about having a podcast is that if somebody is interesting to me, I have a line that I can I can just say, hey, we have a podcast, we'd like to interview, and it gives me an excuse to go talk to interesting people. Right, because what else are you going to say? Hey, I think you're cool. Do you want to get together? Yeah. No, you're that's, a weirdo. That's what? weird. But, but no, if you have a show and you're putting it out for the public, then it's totally cool to just walk up to somebody and be like, hey, I got a podcast. Let's talk. We've made a lot of... A lot of really great connections I, uh, because yeah. of it. That's absolutely been my favorite part of the podcast is is that I have an excuse to go up and talk to interesting people without seeming like a complete creepy weirdo. Um, you know, and one of the funny things I did, um, getting back into the scene was a lot different in 2006 or whenever it was I did this. Um, there was one time when I just kind of out of the blue decided I'm going to do a couple of college football preview podcast one year um it was totally out of character for mostly itp not even remotely like anything else we did on the show um and i didn't do any sense but we were kind of trying to recruit somebody to do a sports podcast on the site and jmac ended up doing the cover too not too long after that um and so like i i did an sec east and an sec west preview and on the sec east preview i actually had a, a fellow named orson swindle on who has turned out to be like the freaking biggest sports blogger ever? He he's he gets like a, you know several million visitors on his blog a month, and he's been mentioned on network TV and all this stuff. But like back then, he was just some dude writing a blog about you know college football stuff. So it was one of those interesting little things where like you know before they were famous kind of deal. I had that guy on a podcast that kind of didn't even make sense to exist. Uh, so that was a fun little experience. And I mean, we've met all these other really awesome people or at least spoken to them. You know, we, we met Wilson because of the podcast site. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I ended up, you know, Amber and I ended up developing uh, his site for him. He, uh, he had this really awesome radio show and this really shitty website for it. Wilson is so cool. <laughs> he, he's, he's one of my favorite people. He's, he's really awesome. Um, and uh, we you know, put together a nice website for him and it ran pretty good for a couple of years and then he just got burnt out on it because he had too much to do. Well, nothing lasts forever. Yeah. Like we're sitting here. I mean, here. Kind of, that's why we're sitting here. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. You just get burnt out on it eventually. But I will say that one other thing that has happened for me because of the podcast site is even though I said that I still, that I get flustered when I know I'm being recorded or listened to or something, which is true, I do. It, I still think it's made me a better speaker when I know I'm in a situation like that. Yeah. I don't say um nearly as much. I still say it sometimes, but not as much. I don't trail off my sentences. Like if I'm giving an interview, I don't trail off and end my sentences with a um, conjunction because I know that people need 
they need to know when the statement ends so that they have a clean edit point if they need to edit yeah, yeah. or so they know when they need to start speaking and not speak over you and it's also helped me not ramble now this podcast is an exception this podcast we're is rambling, an exception. we're gonna ramble a lot but today, it's yeah. helped me uh, say what I want to say much more concisely without taking 10 minutes and just taking you know two minutes instead yeah I'm not quite as good about not trailing off I, I've had a habit all my life of doing that sometimes because I don't always like sometimes I pick up a train of thought and I don't quite understand right away that everybody else isn't on the same train of thought that I am and so occasionally it takes me a minute to realize oh hey I, I ended that sentence prematurely but I, I think I have gotten better about that and I've certainly gotten better about not inserting as many ums and uhs into my speech and so that's been helpful as well there's just been all sorts of neat stuff and neat people we've met I mean I've got a massive list here I mean Boyd Lewis for example he was the 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 white boy in the black press taking photographs back with the great speckled bird and back in the 70s with the hippie movements I mean amazing photographs he's interesting you know great character um speaking of inserting ums into the speech there was uh there was Alec Peters who was the CEO of uh, and you know what you do you turn your head and look at me and it doesn't matter right now because of where we've got the recorder yeah, yeah. but with a microphone it does and I've I've learned to speak if there's a microphone speak into the microphone even if it means you don't look at the person and it seems awkward my problem is i've always been an animated talker i'm a terrible hand talker i've had or a wonderful hand talker. well whatever a wonderful terrible pick your adjective but <laughs> point being i i'm bombastic when i talk i move my hands a lot That's i move my word. i move my head a lot I, I can't just... I, I have a lot of difficulty just sitting there stationary like a lump and, and just speaking into the microphone. And that's one part of this medium that maybe isn't so good for me. I, I probably need to be one of those people with a little wire wireless lapel mic who can just wander around the room. When I speak on the phone, I pace. I, I've, I'm a terrible pacer. I don't just pace around the room either. I pace around the entire house he when does. I talk on the phone. I'm sure it's extremely obnoxious, <laughs> and I can't really apologize for it because it's how I am. I mean, you're not just going to strap me to a chair when I'm talking on the phone, and you're certainly not going to do it when I'm trying to record a podcast, but yeah, it means my voice is going to trail off sometimes. I might do it some other times. I'm sorry, that was the stupid obligatory joke. Yeah. I might yeah. as well have said that's yeah. what she said. That's what she said. Yeah. Uh, that's the kind of sex talk that's appropriate. So I you agree. can you can have that kind of sex talk. You can say that's what she said. Yeah. I'll strap you to a chair for some other stuff. Uh, nudge nudge. That's we know what, what she that said. means. There's gonna be fucking hey, Oh, um, oh I just dropped an F bomb. That's uh-oh. now I'm inappropriate. Um anyway, we've done some neat stuff because <laughs> of the podcast. Sight. Uh some prop I think the neatest thing we've done is we went on a ghost hunt with the Henry County Ghost Hunters. We went to the former Georgia Mental Health Institute, which is now Emory's Center for Lifelong Lifetime Something Learning. Yeah. Continuing Ed campus. And 
before it was the Georgian Mental Health Institute, it was Asa Candler Jr.'s estate. That whole area over there belonged to the Candler family, and that particular part of it was his estate. And there's the main, the mansion building was his house, and there were since other buildings um, constructed in the 50s and 60s when it became a hospital, which are also still on the grounds and, and abandoned. But we went on the ghost hunt in that main mansion. We saw in the basement, it's amazing, his safe was there with his name on it, mm-hmm. and it hasn't been opened, and so it's Nobody probably, knows how to get into it's it. probably yeah. like, what's his face? What's the guy, the gangster who had the... the Al Capone. Yeah. They, and Geraldo tried to open it. Yeah, yeah, and then there was nothing in it. It's probably it. like yeah. that, but it's still intriguing. Probably a grocery list in there or something. Now, I will say, I don't just outright not believe in paranormal stuff, um, but I don't just instantly believe in it either. Right, yeah. Um, I was a little skeptical about, you know, being on a ghost hunt. I didn't experience anything while we were there. I mean, other than it being a dark building that was a former mental hospital and kind of creepy. But I didn't feel or experience or hear anything while we were there. So it was a little weird when we played back the recordings and heard voices on the recordings that we did not hear at the time. I heard what sounded like voices anyway. I mean, I mean, it was okay. Listen, but some of it, some there of it were a you can argue, but there. some of it, it's like that is a word. That is a word spoken by a voice from yeah. someone who was. Well, there not was a there. name. There was something that sounded a lot like a name in there. There was, and then there was the word thermostat. Yeah. Yeah. When I was pointing at something on the wall, and I said, "Oh, what's this?" And then you hear the word thermostat. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I can't explain it. Well, there was also Jason Pye and I, like Jason Pye went on the ghost hunt with us and we were walking around some big room and I think Jason is like us. He's pretty, he was pretty skeptical of it and, and we were making some smarmy, sarcastic remark like, oh, are there any ghosts in here? And, and then, and, and then I, I shit you not, when we listened to the recording later, there was a little noise that sounded like. Or something like that. He said, "Go away if yeah. you can't hear the whisper." Yeah, you probably. Or no, hear no, it. wasn't it something like, um, "Do any ghosts want to say anything?" And it was like, "Not really." Or Not something really. Like that. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was pretty clever. Ghost it was like, "Thank you, humor. thank you for the sense of humor, ghost." Yeah. So that was. I think yeah, that was definitely the high point of the neat stuff that we've kind of stumbled into in some ways. Getting to do. I mean, like that happened almost by accident because. We were just going to try to walk around the outside of the house, and we weren't going to do any B and E. I mean, I know a lot of urban explorers will break into places to go explore, and we weren't going to break in, but we were going to get into anything that was unlocked, and we were going to go into any place we could. And then the one of the ghost hunters, he's a cop, and so he managed to get us access inside pretty much on the spot. I mean, it wasn't something that we had ahead of time, really. I don't believe. So that was. It was very fortunate that we got to go in there, and it was a hell of a lot of fun. And Emory needs to do something with they that really building. They really need to do something with that building. Because it is sitting there rotting, and it's an amazing building. And it's in the state now where it, it's not in such a state of disrepair that it couldn't be saved. But it's not far off either. But if it goes much longer... Give it another 10 years, it's gone. It's I mean, going to be yeah. bad. So, another thing I got to do is I got contacted and I, I think this was sort of like 
an experiment for the PR agency who runs the uh, Atlanta Civic Center and all these other things, and, and they were behind the Titanic exhibit that was at the Atlanta Civic Center at the time. And so they took me on a guided tour of the place, and it was it was pretty neat to have someone, the director, uh, Cheryl Murray, I believe was her name, she walked me through the entire exhibit, and she was one of the people who helped set it up and helped decide what was going to be out there, and got a lot of detailed information out of it. I'm not totally sure that it exactly worked as a podcast because you couldn't see the artifacts, but it was a really neat experience to be able to do that, and I don't think it turned out terribly either. I mean, there are a lot of people who said they enjoyed the podcast a lot. It might have been better as a video, though. Anyway, we it was a lot of fun. We also went to the implosion of the Wachovia building, which obviously we could have done without having a podcast, but we made it an occasion and recorded some people's thoughts and I don't know if we would have gone without, I mean, I think we would have. it was really early to get up on a Sunday, I think it was a Sunday morning. It was. Um, that was awesome. That I was mean, really, that was one of my favorite things, It too. was amazing. I hate that that building was destroyed, but it was Well, I especially amazing. hate that it was destroyed because I haven't done a damn thing it's with a the, lot it's a vacant, vacant lot, lot now. They haven't done anything with it. Interesting note, I got to go in that building about a year about a year before, before it was torn it was down, down yeah, to take a drug to test, a drug so, test. Yeah. and I got to go up with her so I got to see the inside of it and the whole inside of it is very 50s What what is that style it's We'll have to look it up. I don't know what the I don't remember what the uh, style modern. Is. I think it, it's yeah. It's it, but it was one of the only examples in the city of whatever that style is called. Yeah. And I don't know. It's Greg Germani saved a window tile thing from it. Has it awesome. in his backyard. That's pretty cool. Yeah, the other thing I guess we did is when we went to Nashville, we got to walk around a TV station and interview people. It was a little meta, but it was also really cool. They were the the premise was they were a TV station that was doing a lot with social media before everybody was using that buzzword and citizen journalism and all that. They were kind of a pioneer. Yeah, they they had the backpack journalists, which our boy Bill Richards, who writes uh, Live Apartment Fire here in town, he hates he he despises he loathes that concept, but. He does. Yeah, he does. Well, he's an old news guy. I mean, all I the old, all the you, you understand how this works, right? All the old news guys just hate that premise because basically. But he writes a blog. Well, he but he but he worked as a reporter. For I know, like, but you know, isn't he now like all critical of the news? He is, but he. I mean, he's he's kind of a curmudgeon. He's critical of everything. So what does he want? Well, I mean, he just wants better coverage out of the more existing structures, I think, is what the deal is. Oh, he just geez. wants people to be better at their jobs. But he definitely is not a big fan of the backpack journalists. He is, he's been a very harsh critic of them. But anyway, I thought it was interesting to go to talk to one of the, one of the first stations in the country mm-hmm. that was doing that and to sort of get some thoughts on the premise and, and it was how it was cool working for And it was cool because we got them. to see the whole news... Stage, see how the sausage is made, it. yeah. What do they call set. it? The set? Yep. Yeah, whatever. We got to <laughs> see that. Um, and we won some awards. Um, Creative Loafing, Best Podcast 2006. and That was a Reader's Choice Award, reader's so choice. that was nice. Thank you. Thanks, All readers or listeners. Yeah. And, um, oh, yeah, I guess it was a Listener's Choice Award. Readers yeah. of Creative Loafing. Readers of Creative Loafing, Listener's, of creative yeah. loafing, listeners and Choice. And Atlanta Magazine 
2008. That was pretty cool. That was kind of out of the blue, too. They just kind of called me but up But you know what day. was out of the blue, really, was they ran a full page. Yeah, that was really awesome. Picture of an iPod with our logo and our names. Yeah. And I didn't even realize it, because I guess when we were flipping through, we just saw we just a little blur and thought it was an ad. Somebody, who pointed it out to my us? My mom, yeah. because I took the magazine to Augusta to show her, and she just happened to open it to that page and look, and she said, Amber, what? This yeah. is... So it was a whole page of, uh, it was a picture of an iPod on a blue background with uh, the album artwork. For mostly ITP. I think it's funny that it's called album artwork and we don't put out albums, well, but you know. you know, whatever, it's a semantic thing. Anyway, our album artwork was on there and it was really cool yeah. to, to see that. And, uh, you know, it's, what means the most to me is all the people and neat experiences I've had. But I won't say it's not nice to win awards, too. I mean, it is nice. you know, it's pretty, it's pretty cool to get a little recognition for all that. Well, because, I mean, we've worked hard. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that, you know, hey, we won awards, look how great we are, should be the focus or anything. But it also shouldn't be downplayed too much because yeah. this took a lot of hard work. Sure. And we poured our heart and soul and a lot of effort into it for the past three and a half years yeah. and damn it i think that deserves yeah, to be recognized little, yeah absolutely so i think that's it i think that's the whole thing um so thank you to everybody who's been a listener and left voicemails and comments and just you know all the rest you can figure out what else i'm gonna say yeah i um it's been a great experience for me and you know, I, I, when I shut down my first two blogs, I didn't regret it at all. It absolutely felt like time. And with this one, this one's, I guess, a little more bittersweet. It's, you know, I, I have a, I have a little bit more of a, of a, of a pang of regret or something, not regret, but like sadness i guess but i know one. what you mean but you know I what i'm getting at it's, i it's, do i think it's time though no i, I we don't know i you, we yeah, don't we, want to be the ninth season of the x-files no we we <laughs> we we've only put out three or four episodes this entire year which is a drastic drop off from what we've done prior to this year so i mean it's definitely time and i mean i'm not at all advocating continuing something that we just don't have the energy to to keep up or the desire or whatever else but 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 yeah I, I have a little bit more of a sadness about this one so but we'll be around probably being rabble rousers in our own way and curmudgeons in our own way as well well the other thing too is because i'll take anybody to school who has been at this for a year and says they're a social media expert and tells or, me or that i trying to tell you to niche. do it the wrong way fuck mm. off but but yeah it's it's been great. Thank you.
The song you heard in this podcast was Flux by Drop Trio, available only on Magnatune.com. Thanks for listening to Mostly ITP on the Georgia Podcast Network. Visit us at gapodcastnetwork.com. If you have a question, comment, or drunken rant, leave us a voicemail by calling 678-389-9441. Who knows, it might be featured in a podcast. You can also email us at info at gapodcastnetwork.com.